After nearly three decades covering the Buffalo Bills, this guy knows what he's talking about. Welcome to Sal Speak, the place to be for hard-hitting analysis from Sal Majorana of the Democrat and Chronicle. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Sal Speak podcast. I am Sal Majorana on a Tuesday morning, and not a great morning here in western New York if you're a Buffalo Bills fan. Um, just another sloppy, sloppy night for the Bills uh, 26 to 17 loss to the defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs, and yeah, that's the best team in football that came into town Monday night. And quite frankly, I did not pick the Bills to win. Didn't think they could do it, and they didn't. But I think what was so disappointing about this game was just the way it went down. Um, you know, the Bills' defense continuing a season-long trend of mostly terrible. Uh, performances and last night it was just a complete breakdown in the run defense that that led to this loss Um, you know Sean McDermott and several of the defensive players after the game talked about how they were concerned obviously about Patrick Mahomes and that dynamic passing offense that the Chiefs have and that's understandable I mean why wouldn't you be worried about a team that can throw it the way they can even without Sammy Watkins that's a dynamic explosive offense that's capable of 40 points every time they go out onto a field on Sunday or Monday afternoon or night so I understand why there was the worry but look once the Chiefs realized that the Bills were kind of sitting back and playing coverage only rushing with Mahomes with four, covering with seven, they just said, okay, we're going to run the ball. And until you stop it, we're not going to stop running it. Well, the Bills never stopped the run all night long. I I just didn't see a whole lot of change in their defensive game plan. I mean, they used A.J. Klein more in the second half. Of course, that also was partly because Tyrell Dotson got hurt and left the game. But the, the, the Chiefs just ran all over the Bills. And that, to me was the greatest disappointment of the, of this loss, was that there was just a complete inability to stop what was actually, you know, the secondary aspect of Kansas City's offense. McDermott and Leslie Frazier were right. Patrick Mahomes is the key to everything on that team, and their passing game is so great, and it basically does set up their running game. So I get that you want to be, you know, locked down on that. You've got Tredavious White back on the field, and you wanted to play your linebackers a little bit deeper so they could protect some of those vulnerable middle areas that, for instance, Tennessee took so much advantage of the week before. You didn't have Matt Milano, so you've got to probably cheat a little bit in your pass coverage. But once the Chiefs started running the ball, I just didn't understand why the Bills didn't alter the philosophy and maybe start ganging up to stop Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who just killed him all night long. And and what was the biggest reason for that was their offensive line absolutely dominating the Bills' defensive line. I mean, this has become a major source of concern, I think, for the Bills, that their defensive line has continued to underperform really in every game this season. Um, it's bad enough that they can't generate a pass rush. And once again, there was no pass rush in this game. Mahomes was hurried a couple times. They only sacked him once for a four-yard loss. Um, again, he only threw 26 passes, so they didn't have a lot of opportunities. But And you can't really blitz him. We know that because he'll kill the blitz. But you've got to get more pressure from your front four. And even though the Bills benched Trent Murphy and Harrison Phillips and they replaced him with Dustin Zimmer and Brian Cox, that did nothing for the Bills' pass rush. 
Justin Zimmer made a couple plays that were noticeable, but overall he wasn't that much of an impact player or a difference maker as opposed to Harrison Phillips, whose spot he took. It was just a poor, poor night for the defense in general and the defensive line in particular, just unable to stop the Chiefs' running game. I mean, the, the Chiefs' offensive line, they were down two starters. Kalichi Osemele was out from last week. He hurt both of his knees. They lost Michael Mitchell Schwartz, their, their tackle, early in the game, so they're down two starters. And still, they had no problem moving the Bills off the line. Um, in the middle of that line, man, I'll tell you, I never thought that Starla Tulele would make that much of a difference. Him opting out this year has really become noticeable. I mean, he's never going to be a playmaker, but you do need a guy who can do what he does and occupy blockers and clog up some space. The Bills do not have that player, and it's killing the rest of their defensive line for sure. Ed Oliver is <laughs> almost invisible. I mean, he's undersized to begin with, even though he plays the three technique and you can be a little undersized for that position. But it's pretty clear he needs Latulale next to him to be effective because right now, no matter who they've put there, Harrison Phillips, Dustin Zimmer, they're not getting the job done. And and Ed Oliver is basically helpless right now. I know he's battling a bit of a knee injury, but he's just invisible. He's done nothing really all season long. Last night, I think he had one unassisted tackle. That was his entire contribution uh, to that effort. He was just being pushed around way too easily. There were times where he was just literally blocked to the ground and taken right out of the play. And it's it's disappointing for a number nine overall pick. Um, I know he's still young, but he really has done nothing and he's got to pick it up. Speaking of number one picks, Tremaine Edmonds, uh, you know, another game where I just find him to be a disappointing player given all the hype that we've heard about Edmonds and all the great athleticism. He just not as he's just not a difference maker, guys. He just he's not. <laughs> he made 12 tackles last night. None of them were consequential. They were all, you know, several yards downfield. Um, you know, Edwards Hilaire was breaking through the line. Uh, first contact, he was breaking tackles, and Edmonds has the athleticism to eventually track him down. But it reminded me so much of those days back in the early 2000s when London Fletcher was making 9 million tackles and they were all 5 to 10 yards downfield. This is what Tremaine Edmonds has become. He's become the tackler who makes the play down the field. He is almost never in the backfield. Again, he had no tackles for loss last night. Um, he's never in the backfield making those you know, those big plays, um, the game-changing type of plays. They, they don't use him enough as a pass rusher, so he never gets hurries or sacks. And, and I think the biggest disappointment with him is just, I know he's battling a shoulder injury, but that should not affect his eyes, his vision, his diagnosing of plays. He's just, he's just off a beat all the time. And a perfect example was the first quarter touchdown that Travis Kelsey caught. Simple pass over the middle, and Edmonds had coverage originally, and then he dropped off a bit. He, 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 he was reading Patrick Mahomes' eyes, I think, and Mahomes looked him off. Kelsey made one little move away from Edmonds. That was all it took. Mahomes hits him, and it's a touchdown. And, you know, Tremaine Edmonds, you can't lose you can't lose coverage on a guy like Kelsey, who is, you know, one of their biggest weapons. And you know Mahomes is going to be looking to him. I, I don't know what he was thinking there, but, you know, it was a big coverage mistake, and it cost the Bills a touchdown. These are the plays that Edmonds seems to be involved in just far too frequently. I, I don't know what the answer is there. 
Um, you know, a lot of people, for instance, on my Twitter feed are saying he's completely miscast as a middle linebacker. He should probably be moved, you know, to an outside linebacker position and maybe utilized more as a rusher. I'll tell you what, I would not be totally, um, totally against that idea. I think as a middle linebacker, I think he is a little bit challenged. I think the Bills like him there because he's got the great speed and athleticism and he can go sideline to sideline. But if you're going sideline to sideline and tracking guys down after they've gained eight yards, to me, that's not making much of an impact. So I don't know what the Bills do. There's really nobody to replace him at middle linebacker on this team. So I doubt you're going to see a move this year. Um, another thing that's very obvious to me, too, is Tremaine Edmonds suffers when Matt Milano is not on the field. And once again, Milano could not play. He's battling that pectoral injury. He practiced during the week. And there was hope that he was going to get back out there, but it didn't happen. He was ruled inactive before the game. And, look, the, the, their defense misses him a whole lot. He's terrific in coverage, as we know, um, and he's pretty good against the run. And I think some of those runs by Edwards Hilaire last night probably would have been shut down if, if Matt Milano had been on the field. He means so much to the defense, and it's it's kind of striking that a guy that means that much to the defense, that's the one that they haven't given the contract extension to uh, from that 2017 draft. They've already done Trey White. They've already done Deion Dawkins, and they haven't done it with Milano. Now, part of that could be that, look, Milano's been injury-prone. He, he has been unavailable a little bit too much for, for my liking, and I'm sure theirs. So they're probably leery of giving him you know, the big contract, and I, I guess I can understand that. But you watch these games – and you see what a difference he makes on this defense. So, to me, that's the kind of pay the player, the kind of player that you pay. And I'm not quite sure why they're why they're hedging their bet there. Um, all right. So obviously the defense was horrible, and I could go on and on about you know all the ways that the Chiefs' running game embarrassed the Bills on a national stage. Um, but let's go over to the offense. And you know we kind of figured this game was going to be a shootout that never really materialized, mainly because the Chiefs just pounded the ball with the Bills all night and rolled up 30, almost 38 minutes of possession time. And Andy Reid basically took the ball out of Mahomes' hands because they were running the ball so well. So the quarterback duel that everybody was excited about never really came to pass. Um, Mahomes ended up a very efficient 21 of 26 for 225 yards. But on the flip side, Josh Allen um, just simply did not step up in this game. It was his worst game of the year. Um, 14 of 27, 122 yards. He's had quarters this year where he's topped 122 yards. Two touchdowns. He did throw the touchdown pass. Um, a very nice ball to Stephon Diggs, who made a great catch uh, keeping his feet in bounds. And then he, he hit Cole Beasley down the middle on a seam route late in the game that gave the Bills a chance, got him back within 23-17 to 17 with about six and a half minutes to go. But otherwise, Josh just was not sharp. There was just too many, too many missed throws in this game. Very worrisome that he looks horribly sloppy on the short ones, which, you know, those have got to be automatic. And they were automatic in the first four games of the year. He was hitting all those, all those throws. Um, there were some deep ball accuracy problems in this game. He twice threw deep balls that, you know, I thought he could have thrown a better ball, and, and he didn't. He overthrew Stefan Diggs 
badly on one of them. Diggs had his guy beat, and the ball was 10 yards over his head. And you all shake your head, and you say, well, we've seen that before with Josh Allen, and we have. So it was not a good night for Allen. He was not the you know the sole reason, obviously, why they lost the game. But you know, in the rare chances that he had, again, you've only got a little more than 22 minutes of possession time in this game, including less than seven in the second half. You know, with the with the few opportunities he had, he needed to be a little better than he was. They they had the one really nice drive in the first half, uh, the one that ended up with the um, the Diggs touchdown, and I thought that was the perfect drive. For the Bills, they kept the ball for six minutes and forty-three seconds, which is exactly what you want to do against the Chiefs. Keep them, keep their offense off the field, and then we really never saw that again. I mean, there was just very few opportunities again to, to put together a drive. But when they did have the ball, they didn't they didn't make enough plays. Certainly against the Chiefs, um, I thought all night long that the offensive line struggled. Um, Allen was under pressure frequently, and he also looked a little bit rattled. He looked rattled, I thought, in the Tennessee game, but overcame some of that. And I don't think he was terrible in Tennessee. I mean, that was just, you know, a bad night for the whole team. But I thought in this game, he looked a little skittish in the pocket. He did not look like he had the same confidence that he showed in the first four games. I thought he was confused a bit by what the Chiefs were doing. I thought Tyron Matthew had a very good game for the Chiefs, and I think he was a big part of why Allen was confused. Matthew was doing all different types of things, you know, dropping into deep coverage, coming up short. He was a spy on a couple plays. Um, so I think he presented a big problem. But Josh just did not look sharp. Um, it started right away. That first drive of the game was almost a, an ominous sign. Um, the first two passes were terrible, terrible misses by Allen. And then the third one, it was a pretty good ball that John Brown dropped. And they go three and out, and they never really recovered, it seemed like, from from that slow start. I mean, yeah, they were in the game. I shouldn't say that. But he just never looked comfortable all night long. And then you mix in the running game, which is just completely non-existent. I mean, it was good to see Allen got more involved in the running game. Brian Dable, you know, I thought he finally found the right mix, actually, of, you know, designed runs for Allen. We saw too much of it on opening day against the Jets, and then it basically went away for the next five weeks. And I've been saying for a couple weeks now, find the right balance because he really is effective and he presents a big problem for the defense when he does things like that. And we saw some of that against the Chiefs, especially early in the game. Um, a few design runs that were successful, picking up third downs. But their conventional running game is a big problem. Devin Singletary, 10 carries, 32 yards, no carries in the second half. I mean, they absolutely, again, they never had the ball in the second half, but no carries for Singletary, Singletary in the second half. Zach Moss came back after missing three games and was a complete non-factor. Five carries, 10 yards. The rookie just has not found his groove. Obviously, you miss three games, you're not going to have any groove. But I just expected more. All we heard about Zach Moss when they drafted him was this tough north-south runner who not only was powerful but could be elusive. We've seen none of that in the three games that he has played. Um, so that's a, that's a concern. And I think a big part of the running game problems has been the offensive line. They are not getting enough push up front. They're not winning. Um, there's been really nowhere to run. You know, finally last night, Singletary had a couple runs off tackle, which I think are his bread and butter plays. And they gained, he had two of them that I remember off the top of my head, one gained nine yards and one gained 10 yards. 
So you take those two plays out of the mix, he carried eight times for, what is it, 11 yards on the other the other carries, and the bulk of those I thought were up the middle between the tackles, which I don't think he's very effective at. So they've got to fix the running game. It's clear, you know, Allen had the great start, but you can't rely on Josh Allen every week with this passing game. Teams are now seeing film of what the Bills are doing in the passing game. And it's getting, you know, they're starting to figure out what to do. You know, Stefan Diggs did not have a great night last night. Cole Beasley was okay. John Brown, a complete no-show. No catches for on four targets. And he, I think he had the one big drop, as I already mentioned. So teams are starting to cover the Bills, perhaps in a different way. Josh Allen has not really adapted to it at this point. And with that being the case, you've got to get this running game going. Um, and not to, not to mention the fact that, you know, last night was not a great night. It was rainy almost all night long. No wind. But, I mean, that affects your passing game. I mean, Mahomes wasn't great last night. I mean, you know, there were some problems for them, too. And as the weather gets colder and the wind picks up here in western New York, um, the Bills have got to find a way to run the ball because they're not going to be throwing it. He's not going to be throwing for 300 yards like he was, uh, you know, in three of the first four games when the weather starts turning. That's going to be much more difficult to do. And right now they've got no running attack, so that's got to change. So other than, the, you know, the offensive line being terrible, you look at Devin Singletary. I, I'm not sure that Devin Singletary is the feature back that this team that this team is looking for. Um, he looks like a guy, just another guy to me. There was a lot of promise last year as a rookie. You know, he came in, he did a nice job. I think he averaged 5.1 yards per carry in limited action. I mean, he shared most of the season with Frank Gore, but you just saw, you know, there was that elusiveness and you felt like, you know, this guy could be your feature back. Well, that has not been the case in 2020. He's nothing nothing of the sort, and that's why the Bills were pursuing Le'Veon Bell. I think they were hoping that they could get Le'Veon Bell and have him share the load with Singletary. Uh, maybe the change of scenery would do Bell good. We'll see. He's going to Kansas City. It's about the best change of scenery you could possibly have in the NFL, going from the Jets to the Chiefs. So we'll see if the Bills missed on that one. Maybe it wasn't, you know, a possibility. Maybe Bell was always going to sign with the Chiefs because of who they are and the opportunity they present to win a Super Bowl. But right now the Bills have got to figure it out on the ground. And Singletary and Moss uh, simply have not been that good. And that, I think, is a problem for the Bills. So, 4-2. and two. I think most people probably would have signed up for 4-2 and two at this point of the season. Um, it's been a bit interesting how they've gotten here. You know, winning the first four and then, you know, national stage the last two games and, you know, just not playing well at all. But they're still in first place. The Dolphins are 3-3. Three and three. They're, They are definitely playing better. They're a team I think the Bills need to worry about. And then the Patriots are 2-3. and three, But as I always say, I would never count Bill Belichick out of anything. And we're going to find out here in the next two weeks um, where the Bills season might be going. Because if they can get to 6-2... and two, Go down and beat the Jets this weekend, the worst team in football. Um, they should beat them. And then you come home to play the Patriots in you know what will be a statement game. I mean, this is the team you've been chasing for 20 years, and they're finally vulnerable. You've been anointed as the heir apparent in the AFC East. Beat them at home and prove us, prove it to us that you are worthy. And now you're 6-2 and two if that happens. 
and that's a much better position because they've got a tough end of the schedule, right? The last eight games, they've got some major tests in there. Pittsburgh, Seattle, the 49ers, the Cardinals are good. I think the Dolphins are tricky good. Um, they've got some big games coming up. The Broncos could be a tough game on the road. So the Bills have got to win the next two. They've got to be 6-2 and two at the midway point. And quite frankly, I think the Jets won't, you know, won't be much of a problem, but the Patriots will be if the Bills continue to, you know, especially play run defense the way they have. But if Josh Allen continues to struggle, you know that Bill Belichick is going to find a way. Their defense, while not as good as it was last year, still a pretty good unit. They held the Broncos to six field goals the other day, no touchdowns. They're going to be a tough out for the Bills, um, and who knows what Cam Newton will bring. So. That's two weeks down the road. I shouldn't be thinking that far ahead, but the Bills are in a very critical point in their season. Having lost these two games, they've got to find a way to bounce back, and they really have to win the next two, or then you start questioning you know, where this team is going to be. Because in the AFC, you can make the argument that four of the five best teams in the league are in the AFC. When you look at Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Kansas City, and who am I forgetting there? Tennessee. Those are four of the best five teams in the league. You, you figure Seattle and Green Bay are right there, too, in the NFC. So it's going to be a tough road. The Bills need to win the AFC East. They need to win that division, get a home game in the playoffs, because if they somehow find a way to blow this division, I think getting a wild card berth could be very difficult. You figure if they lose the division, that's going to put their wild card chances, I think, in severe jeopardy, even with the extra team being added this year because their schedule is so tough. So this is time. It's, it's a critical point. It's turnaround time for the Bills. They've got to get it done. They've got to beat the Jets and then take care of the Patriots. And then we'll, I think everybody in Western New York will be feeling a little bit better um, after these, um, you know, given what we've just seen these past two weeks. All right, folks, I'm going to wrap it up. I'm tired of talking here. It's tough doing these podcasts alone. I think I'm the only guy out there in Western New York Bill's, uh, Bill's Media, who does a podcast alone. So uh, I need to find a partner probably. But I've talked long enough, and I think I've covered all the things that I needed to get to get off my chest today following that disappointing 26-17 loss to the Chiefs. So we'll be back next week, hopefully talking about a resounding victory over the woeful Jets. So until then, have a great week, everybody.